thank you for your giving this year and uh, your support here at Cornerstone and through Cornerstone. I do know that by the end of September, we had exceeded our budget, way exceeded it for our missions, for, give, for giving to missions outside. Isn't that tremendous? You know, our goal is to give 50% of our income away, and uh, we're well on our way to that. And uh, just very excited about that. But I have to tell you, I've been here a long time, but this is actually, I think, the first year we've exceeded our regular budget by thousands. You, you'll get the full report on the 21st, but I'm just grateful. And, uh, and you know, we're putting it in use in the work of the kingdom of God. And uh, just very excited about that. Um, if you have a Bible, go to Galatians, please. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I was struck by a Facebook post I told you about over a month ago. On this Facebook post, there was a, um, don't get it too close here, let's back it up a little bit. There we go. Thank you. That's good. Um, it was by a pastor out of Deer Park, New York, and his name was Johnny Ova. Don't know Johnny Ova. Uh, I looked up a few things about, uh, about him. But uh, he made a statement that within the church, realm, uh, we need a revolution. And the revolution is a revolution of love. I didn't do this. Do you know what this is about? <laughs> you never know at Cornerstone. You never know. And there's no services the same. Hilarious. Um, where was I? <laughs> yes, it's how, we, how we need a revolution. We need a revolution of the love of God in a world that's full of division and hate right now. And we need a revolution of the power of God. And uh, you don't, let me, let me tell you, anybody here love the Lord and you know Jesus Christ, you've been born again. Yeah. And you're actually excited about it. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to tell you, you, there's, you don't need more of God. I love the <laughs> this is a sabotage. Okay, they're getting me. After. <laughs> we, 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 can, we don't need that. I'll just, I'll just do it off the screen. Um, you don't need any more of God. God needs more of you. That, that's, just, that's just the total thing. As we invest in him... You know, he's walking with us. The question is, are you walking with him? That's the question. And so we need more. And the dynamic power of God resides with you and in you. It's there. Okay. And that's not just the power to live right. That's the power to serve our, our Lord as well. And uh, to honor him and let the Lord be magnified. Um. But we also then, we need a revolution. We need a revolution, not just of love and of power, but we need, the church needs a revolution of freedom. We have so many people that are in religious bondage within the church, and they need a revolution of freedom. Thank you. I'll pay you after the service. 
Not a bad joke. Um, and the only way that can happen, okay, is if we really know who we are, okay? And I'm glad to know who I am uh, in Messiah. And uh, the church needs a, and you know, there's probably things I'm going to say today that you've heard over and over again. I, and I, my prayer is that they will become a fresh thing to you right now. And uh, as we review this, and this is actually, uh, you know, what we celebrate at Christmas, the birth of a Lord, even though we know he wasn't born this time of year. But, uh, you know, as we talk about this passage right here, we can find out very clearly who we are uh, as believers in Messiah. And uh, I love this passage, among many others, of course. And the book of Galatians has become a dear, dear book to me. And I want to talk about that uh, today. And let's begin reading in Galatians chapter 4. And we'll pick up in verse, in verse 1. And it says here, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ. Now, who are we talking about so far out of that one, one phrase, one, one sentence? No, who are we talking about? Now, in the sentence, as long as we say as, as long as who? The heir. So who are we talking about? Say it again. The heir. Now, I, I say as long as the, the heir is a what? A child. He does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of what? The heir is what? How much? You don't believe that. Some of you looking at me kind of... Anybody here believes this? Well, of course, I'm jumping way ahead here. But uh, talking about the heir, that's the subject. As long as he is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. Next part then, then says, but... He is under guardians. He's under managers until the date set by the Father. Now, this was important within Judaism, but it was really also important within the Greek culture and the Roman culture. And there was a time where the Father would set a date to where the child would no longer be considered a child, but would be also now be considered a full son or a full daughter, a full adult in view of the Father. And he would set a date. And it would be different for different children because different children grow up differently and they grow up and they mature at different ages and they usually say guys are more slower than girls in growing up, which is true. And, uh, and then I've known, I've met some men that never grew up. They were in their 20s, 30s, and 40s and they never grew up. Verse 3 says... What are the first three words? I want you to say that again, please. We. Now, Paul's talking as a Jewish man here, writing to Jews, but also writing to Gentiles who are believers in the Lord, in Yeshua. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. What are you talking about? Did anybody here go to elementary school? What did you learn in elementary school? Elementary things. Like what? They still do that? 
Yeah, they did. You learned grammar. You learned, when I was a child, you learned phonics. And that's how they go. People ask me all the time, or often enough, how, how do you read those all long, big, long names, you know, uh, Mephibosheth? How do you, you know, how do you read those big, long names that you find throughout the scriptures? I said, well, I learned to read phonetically. Before I, was, before I was in elementary school, they had stopped it. Then by the time I got in elementary school, they had started it again. I'm glad God knew what he was doing. And, uh, and you learned mathematics. You learned the basics of mathematics, did you not? You learned the ABCs. You learned and wrote and a lot of grammar. And it was just memorization and memorization, at least when I was a child. Okay. He's saying here spiritually, we were children, were children, held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Instruction upon instruction, rule upon rule, counsel upon counsel, advice upon advice, detail upon detail. And let me tell you, your children still need that. Your children need that. And they need it over and over. Drive it into them. Not just the elemental things that they need to learn about how to be a, a person operating in this world that we live in, in this system. But even the spiritual things. Matter of fact, you know, uh, you, you're, you're supposed to talk about the things of the Lord when you get up. And while you're walking around. And while you're sitting at the table. And when you go to bed. And when you're putting the children to bed. And just, what are you talking about? We're talking about passing the faith along to my children, passing the faith along. That's, that's what's got to happen. And this is what he's talking about here. We, but we also, while we were children, were held in bondage under, and they need that. You know, and you know, the grandchildren, I mean, the niece and nephew, the ones you're raising, don't they need restraint? Don't they need guidance? Don't they need corralling? And it's not bad. Please corral your children. <laughs> and I know it's a chore, it's a challenge. We raised five. And I tell people that and they go, what? We raised five, yes. And our first one was special needs. And yes, it wore me out loading and unloading the van. It wore me out going trips and doing things or, you know, and this is where I admire my mom and dad because I went to church nine months before I was ever born. And I mean, and, and back in those days, you know, my mother would sit out in the car sometimes with me or whoever. They never missed church. They were engaged in whatever sacrifice they had to make to make sure we were raised in an environment. By the way, get this, more is caught than taught. And here's the point. I'm all about discipleship, and I've realized discipleship is not a program, even though I've tried to programize it here over the years, and it's not worked. Discipleship is not a program. Discipleship is not even a process. Do you know what? Even my teaching here, 80% of it, I, I wish you retained it all. <laughs> but I'm not crazy enough to know that some of you are going to forget it before you get out the door. And you may not ever think about it again this week, even though I hope you will. But you know what? You're getting, you catching more from me and Rhoda than you are being taught from me and Rhoda. I hope that makes sense. And you, your teachers, your influencers, your, your teachers, and you're investing in them. And more is caught than taught. And when you make, when you go do discipleship, when you do discipleship, 
I'm telling you, they're going to catch more from your spirit, your attitude, your desires, your values. They're going to catch more from that than they will from what you teach them. Even though teaching is important. Hello? Hello? Um, what do you think? What do you think, like Renee and Daniel, what do you think their boys are such servants? Anybody have a clue? You're going to be a servant? You are going to be a servant! Do you think they did that to their boys? What did they do? They're serving. And they're serving, and they're serving, and they're serving, and they're serving, and guess what? Guess what their children are doing? They caught the idea, hey, let's go serve with them. I love that. Um, so while we were in bondage, uh, while we were children, we were held in bondage of the elemental things of the world, and those things are important. They matter, but only while they're children. So you don't treat children as if they're adults, and you don't treat them as if they're your buddy. I love all of my children. And I'm so glad now that I wore their hides out. Oh, you're not supposed to. This is on Facebook. I mean, you know, I took Seth to the woodshed two times a day if I had to. Okay? And there's a whole process with all this stuff. A lot, and This is not really what I'm teaching about today. But we drove in them. We drove in them the Ten Commandments. We drove in them the Word of God. We drove in them around the table the Word and we sang and we prayed and we blessed God and we, we did the elemental things to where now they're adults and guess what? My son blesses me all the time. He calls me all the time. He stays in connection. He's raising his children in church. He, he's got them homeschooled. He's investing in his family. He's serving the Lord. They're having people over his house. Come on, shout to the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. And my children were not perfect. Go back and listen to the testimony that, that Emily gave back in 2017. It'll knock your socks off. Never forget that service. And God changed her life and set her free. And now she's leading worship. So, y'all read those. What? So, also, we. While we, were in, while we were children, we're held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Meeting laws, rules, regulations, important things that were ne absolutely necessary. Next verse says, verse 5. But, verse 5. Thank you. So that, y'all say so that. So that he might, uh, did I skip four? You know, I did skip four. Rhoda just doesn't have this problem, it's me. I have a serious headache this morning, but anyway. So we better do four. Four says, but when the fullness of the time came. Okay. It just means like a, like a pregnancy, and it came to the fullness of the end of that pregnancy, and the child is delivered. Time was that way. But when the fullness of the time came, what did God do? God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Now, I'm glad God put that in there because we live in an age where we have a lot of idiocy going around where people think that, you can be, that men can bear children. Oh, moving on. I better, better move on. God sent forth his son. Anybody re rejoicing over that? Born of a woman. And what is the, what's the next phrase? Born under the law. Now, you just let that pass right over your head. 
What does that mean, Tim? Do you know that the Lord of glory condescended? He humbled himself and became a man. He not only became a man, he placed himself under the law of God. Let this sink in. Meaning the whole time he was a child, the whole time he's reared and growing up to, to his bar mitzvah, the whole time he's, he is in his teenage years and, and, and into his 20s, he is under the law. He's under managers, guardianships. He's like a child. The thrilling thing about this second Adam is he never broke the law of God. He always honored his father, heavenly father. He never broke the law. He never sinned one time, even though he was under the law. Think about that. But, but then something marvelous happened because at the age of 30, he entered into ministry and he went down to the Jordan River and he was baptized by John. And in, in those days, it wasn't John had his hand upon him necessarily. There was self, it was baptism where you, you immersed yourself. And when he came up out of the water, what happened to him? Anybody know? That's exactly right. The Spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove. And the Spirit immediately led him into the wilderness. And he was tested and tried for 40 days and 40 nights. And after Satan did everything he could to try to get him again to break the law of God, he came out no longer under the law of God necessarily. He came out led and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And the rest of his life and in all of his ministry, he's ministering by the power and the leadership and the direction of the Spirit of God. Oh, think about this. Here, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. That's how lowly Jesus came. But why did he do that? Verse 5 says this, so that, y'all say that? So that, Why? that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Let me finish reading this whole passage through verse 7. Because you are sons, God has sent forth now the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, and the Spirit cries out, Abba, or, and that's in Aramaic, Father. Verse 7, y'all read it together, ready? Verse 7, go. Therefore... And you're ripping the place apart. You're shouting all over the house. You're splitting your britches. I did that in public once at college, so in chapel service. <laughs> therefore, you. So let me get to these three points, okay? So, therefore, here it is. I want you to know this morning you are no longer a slave. Say that to your neighbor. Say that to your husband and wife. Please don't take this as I am denigrating the law of God at all, because I am not, because it serves a great purpose. Why did I teach my children the Ten Commandments while they were younger? So they would know, they, they would have the awareness that they had sinned against God. You know when I led them to Christ, it was Seth and Emily on the same night, 
and they wanted to know how to be saved and I took the Ten Commandments thing and I showed it and they said have you ever broken one of these oh they knew they had lied they knew they had borne false witness why do you share the law of God the law of God plays an important part to bring people to Jesus without the law there was no knowledge of sin and when the law of God is, is used, let me tell you, when the law of God is used, it even reveals how bad sin is in your life. And this, the law of God, sin is so evil, it will even take the law of God and use it against you. You don't realize how bad the depravity is in man. So I'm not denigrating at all the law of God. It serves a great purpose and it motivates us and drives us to Messiah. And here it is. You must see this, and I did not give you this, Bobby, but it's in chapter 3. So if you have your Bible open, chapter 3, I want you to see this. Look in verse uh, 10 through 14. Already? 10 through 14. Tell me when you're there. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Hot in here. Yeah, we need to do something about that, Daniel. Please. I don't know what that means, that one or that one, but anyway. So have you found verse 10, chapter 3? So here it is. For as many as are of the works of the law, they are what? Say that again. They're under a curse. For it is written in the old scriptures, what? And they're not old. <laughs> don't have to call them that. What's it say? You read it. Abide by what? Some of the things. All, all things. Next verse. Now that no one is justified by the law before God, what? For what's the scripture say? Prophet Habakkuk says that. Next verse says this. However, the law is not of faith. Matter of fact, on the contrary, you read that statement. He who practices them shall what? Has the law of God ever brought anybody life? But it serves a great purpose. Matter of fact, it's holy, it's spiritual, and it's good. We don't despise the law of God. I don't tell you not to, don't read the Old Testament. I don't tell you not to do that. You better get acquainted with all first five books of the Bible. Hello? I'm telling you, though, that the, the law of God never brought life. The law of God will bring conviction. It will condemn you. Because that's his purpose. How many of you think the Father knows what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. However, the law is not of faith. Matter of fact, on the contrary, he who practices them, all 613, shall live by them. Well, that's not going to happen. So what's the next statement say? Verse 13, what happened? Y'all say Christ. What did he do? Redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, what's it written? What's it say? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14 then says this. What's it say in verse 14? In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, 
the blessing of Abraham might come upon those the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles you know what thrills me the Jewish people we have in our congregation at Nomasap shout to the Lord come on you know what also you know what also encourages me and thrills me that the Gentiles got to get in on this come on in order that in Christ Jesus, in Yeshua Messiah, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Are you shouting to the Lord? Yeah. You know what? You know what? The curse has been the curse of the law. Well, what's that? I couldn't keep it. I couldn't obey it. It brought me conviction. It never brought me life. It brought me down. So that I might look up. <laughs> Are you, are you ready for that? So that I might now have the blessing of Abraham. And in our early Bible study in downstairs, we've been talking about the blessings of those who have uh, received Messiah, who have been justified by faith. You know what those blessings are? Man, we have peace with God. Shout to the Lord. When we, have, we stand in grace. We have hope. Oh, I love that. We're rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. We have love. We have the Holy Spirit. We've been reconciled to the Father. And one day, He's going to save us from the wrath to come. I'll just run around for you, okay? <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Where's Dennis when you need him? Uh, you want to be cursed or you want to be blessed? I, I'm just saying. I want you, how many of you said you were excited about knowing, knowing the Lord and, and uh, you are blessed today. The blessings of Abraham might come upon us. Let me tell you, look at your neighbor and say, look at your husband and say, you are no longer a slave. Now, if you're, if you're a wife telling that to your husband, <laughs> You know what? I have willingly made myself a slave to my wife. Thank you, Wayne. You're no longer a slave. Number two. Oh, man, this is wonderful. It's a long time until 12. <laughs> Look, I try to have us out by 1130, but you know the service is a little longer than And the second point, do you know who you are? I want to ask you, do you know who you are? It says in... It says on down here in verse, uh, verse 7 of chapter 4, it says, therefore, therefore, let me get to the right place in my Bible, you are no longer a slave. Man, there's so much I want to share with you. I, I was listening to Sunlight Broadcasting Network the other day, and I was listening to uh, the message of the cross, and I was listening to Lauren Larson, and he was talking about after he got saved, how... You know, he was doing everything you're supposed to do once you get saved. You know, you're supposed to read your Bible so much and you're supposed to, you know, uh, spend the opening moments with God in prayer and you're supposed to do this, that, and the other. And he said, you know, I realized that after, as I was growing in the Lord, coming out of a drunkard, uh, a drunken life and out of a alcohol, um, uh, an addiction of drugs and everything else, he said, God saved me, cleaned me up. And he said, I realized I was doing these things to gain more favor with God. And he said, you know what? God began to deal with me and spoke to me. And he said, I, I stopped for two weeks. I stopped doing everything I was doing. 
just to check my motivation. Am I doing this because I love God and love the Lord and want to spend time with Him, or am I doing it to try to gain more favor with Him when He says we are already living by grace through faith? How much grace does God have for you? <laughs> oh, all you need. He said, how much favor does God have upon your life? Uh, let me tell you. Um, I don't, it just struck me. You know, I, 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 I said, man, I, because you can, you can read the Bible in the morning, you can do your study thing, you can get into the New Foundations book, you can get into this, that, you can be at this meeting and do that thing, and, and all of a sudden it becomes ritual, it becomes religious, it becomes, you know, you just got to do it. And all of a sudden you've lost something. Let me announce to you today, I want you to know who you are. You are no longer a slave. Praise the Lord. Um, I could give a lot of personal testimonies here, but number two, you are also a son. Okay? Therefore, we are no longer slaves, but a son. You and daughters, you're a son. Um, that just simply means what? You now have a new title and uh, you are no longer a child. You now have a new title. You're a son. And as a son, guess what? You have birthrights. And as a birthright, guess what? You get to call God Father. And you're going, well, I, I mean, I, I knew that. Well, you don't, what you don't realize that in the Tanakh, in the old scriptures, what we can say, the old scriptures, again, I don't like to, I got to train myself not to use that phrase. I'm just telling you, um, in those days, the children of Israel, you might find the word father four times in relation to God. When they prayed, as I've taught you, what did they do? They got down on their knees, raised their hands, very appropriate. And they cried out, Oh God Almighty, or God El Elyon, God Most High. They never used the word father. Not even Daniel. Go read Daniel's prayers in Daniel chapter 9. And he's crying out to people. But you and I, we get to call God Father. <laughs> and you're just ripping the place apart. I love that. And Lord, teach us how to pray. So what did he say? What did he say? Our Father, who, who art in heaven. That's King James. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm just telling you, we get to call him Father. Guess what? You also get access as a birthright to his very throne. Most of you know this verse in Hebrews 4 and uh, verse 16. So let us therefore draw near or come boldly or come with confidence. Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. It's not the throne of judgment. It's the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And you know, I always interpreted that verse as like only when I prayed and only when I came to the Lord and I'm realizing that I'm, I'm with the Lord and in His presence all day long. Guess what? I get to live at the throne. Ask your neighbor, are you living at your throne? I dare you. I can see that's not going over real well.
told you a hundred times, I'm not here today. And you're going, yeah, I know, I can tell that. I'm not here today, I'm there. Where are you today? No, he's here. That's right, he's here. But I'm there. It's the greatest union that we've ever known. Uh, let this sink in just a moment. Because, because when God looks at you, he's look as if he sees you as if you were Jesus Christ. I know some of you might find that hard to swallow, but will you say that? He, say that to yourself. Say that to your neighbor. I'm inviting all of you to play with me. He sees you as Jesus Christ. I want you to let that sink in. We are members of his body. I get to use Jesus' name. Do you get to use Jesus' name? What a privilege. I, I'm in total. I, remember me telling you about Hudson Taylor. <laughs> Hudson Taylor was the great missionary of the 1800s to China. But let me tell you, he was so frustrated because he couldn't live holy enough. He was so frustrated because he couldn't live right enough. He couldn't get close to God enough. And so you know what he did? Hudson Taylor decided, well, I'm going to fast more. So he did. He, Hudson said, you know what? I, I'm not reading. I've got to read the Bible more so I can have, get power, have power. You know, I've I got to pray more. I've got to fast more. I've got to read the Bible more. And he did all that stuff. And he did about seven other other things like he was a slave. And he finally hit him. I am one with Christ. His spirit and my spirit. We are one spirit. I am as he is in the sight of the Father. And my total faith is in Christ and Christ alone. He's my sanctifier. He's my justifier. He's my sanctifier. He's my life. He's my all. He's my joy. He's my victory. He's my resource. He's everything. Shout to the Lord. That's why Jesus said, you know, straight is the, straight is, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it because most of us here, most of us here have been saved, but you've still not been adopted in your own mind. You're saved, but you don't, you don't know that you have this oneness with Christ and that everything you need is in Him and Him alone. Thank you for turning the air on. I appreciate it. I want you to know today from the heart of this pastor that you are no longer a slave. I want you to know today you're a son or a daughter with full birthrights and privileges before God. I want you to know today victory is yours 24 hours a day. Why are you people beating yourself up all the time for it? I'm trying to get you to be adopted today. Well, what are you talking about? It's not like you're outside the family and brought inside the family like they're doing with Israel, praise God. 
pray that gets completed. Oh, yes, Lord. It's like, no, you're a child and you're being adopted into full sonship. You're brought to another level in God's eyes. You're no longer children! I'm a son of the living God. <laughs> um, so I went to the hospital yesterday to see Serena's mother and she's not saved and she needs Jesus and oh dear God I'm Holy Spirit lead me what to say when I get there Lord Holy Spirit give me what to say give me what to do with her and I got to be honest with you there's a part of me that didn't really want to go because I'm ready to check out and take a little break you know her and uh and I, I'm going, that lady's lost and needs Jesus and she needs to know somebody loves her. And I told her she was special in the sight of God. You pray for her. That lady comes into the kingdom. Come on. Um, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm singing, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. I know you want me to hurry up, I don't blame you. I'm picking on Seth, he didn't say that to me. Um, sorry, Abel. Um, and number three, I want you to know that you're an heir. Most of you know that, but this is, this is all... God sent forth his son. That's Christmas, or what we know as Christmas. And then God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. I mean, this is so wonderful. You don't, you don't ever have to say again, I'm doing the best I can. All right, amen to all. I got Jesus. Yes, we're going to blunder, mess up, make mistakes. We're going to, you know, but I'm going to, yeah, my focus ain't there. It's on Christ. Christ, my victor. Christ, my life. Christ, my hope. Christ, my guider. Christ, my anointer. Christ, my, I told the Lord, God, Lord, today, this message, I'm just leaving it in your hands. I'm going to deliver it. What you put on my heart, you do with it. If it's God, it's God's business. And number three, last of all, of course, um, you're an heir. And what did verse 1 and 2 say? The heir, what? Owns everything. But we got, we got to get us where we believe that. But what are you talking about? Well, in Christ, Christ is going to inherit everything. And if you're a member of Christ, guess what? You're going to inherit what? Everything. And I, I jotted down some stuff I know from Scripture. We, we're going to be inheritors of salvation. That's, and I'm talking about something future here. Yes, I've been saved, but God knows that the wrath that's going to pour out in judgment on this world, and he's going to deliver me one day from that wrath. Come on. And he has to be alive to do it. And he is alive, and, he, and when the judgment falls, I ain't going to be a part of that. How about you? Honest. So I'm an heir of salvation. Guess what? We, we're heirs of eternal life. And eternal life is not just ever, never ending. It's a quality. It's a type of life. And I would love to right now jump off into 1 John and preach all 1 John to you, but you don't have time and your backside's already hurting. So, 
I'm an heir. Look at me. I'm an heir. Heir of salvation. Purchased of God. Born of His Spirit. Washed in His blood. This is my story. Is it your story? This is my song. What am I doing? Praising my Savior all the day long. You see? And now I'm an heir of eternal life. And he's put life, the deposit of life in me, by the, who is the Holy Spirit. And it's a kind of life, and that's another teaching. But then number, number three, we're going to get to inherit the earth. Come on. Now, I don't really want to inherit it right now the way it is, but when he recreates it, it's going to be totally, totally uh, beyond your comprehension how beautiful and pristine and, and pure it's going to be to live here on this earth for eternity. By the way, we ain't going up there to live with him. He's coming down here to live with us. Let that sink in. Oh, my soul. I'm just excited about it. And, uh, and then last of all, uh, I'm an heir of a new body. And the old people here will, the older people here will appreciate this because of, I would, uh, uh, up until I was uh, 54, I was just, ho, ho, no stopping Tim. That was a mistake, but I should have been stopped. But, uh, man, I ran, into some, I ran into some kind of something when I was 54 that changed, began to, and now that I'm 10 years beyond that, I said, oh, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Rudd and I were constantly rubbing creams all over us and this, that, and that. <laughs> I know some of you can't relate to that yet, but you're going to. And uh, if the Lord tarries, but one day I'm going to trade out this natural body for a spiritual body. I'm going to trade out this body of dishonor, meaning lowly and humbly humble, for something that's glorious. And I'm going to I'm going to trade out this body that is sown in weakness, but is going to be raised in power. Amen. And let me tell you, and I'm going to have a body that will never perish again. See, this is we're, we're heirs. For heirs. And all of this, according to verse 7, the last two words, all of this is what? Through God. Through God. It's the greatest love story anybody ever heard about. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God sent forth his son that he might redeem us from the curse of the law, that now we can walk in the blessings of Abraham. Praise his holy name. Now I know who I am. I'm a son of the living God with all the rights, privileges. Wonderful. Praise you, Heavenly Father. And I'm an heir. I'm an heir. And uh, I, I may not be able to leave my children much, but they're already taken care of by their Heavenly Father. Now, miracles never cease. Two minutes till twelve. Now, the question is, or the thing is, number one, are you right with God? Number two, you have been, hopefully you've been born of, of the Lord, of the Spirit of God. If not, that can be settled today. But the thing is, how many of you would tell me one more time, just play with me, just one more time, yes, I'm saved and I'm thrilled about it. Now, 
I just want you to know you're no longer a slave. I want you to know you're a son. I'm trying to get you adopted in your own mind. That you know who you are. And that you are an heir. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this season of the year. We get to talk about you all year, but at this season of the year, we really get to talk about you, Father, about what you did for us. And your great love to rescue us from ourselves and from sin and from the curse. God, we bless you for sending your son and then after receiving your son you send us your Holy Spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, I pray you'll transform this church. I pray, Lord, everybody that's here, our guests who are here, God, that you'll sink this word deep into their lives their hearts and they'll never be the same again. Knowing who they are when they leave this place being able to face the enemies and the adversaries of the world and of the flesh and of the kingdom of darkness without fear. Knowing it doesn't depend. It does not depend if I can just do the best I can. It, it, that doesn't matter. It's your work. It's your will. It's your power. It's your glory. You are our life. In just a moment, we're going to sing joy to the world. Lord, let that joy flow today. So we leave here rejoicing in Jesus. Thank you for our time together. Let us stand to our feet, please, if you will, quietly. I'm going to ask Dorothy.